Welcome to the MedTech Talent Lab, the number one catalyst for advancing careers and building high-performance teams. Sponsored by the Anthony Michael Group, helping companies secure in-demand talent in regulatory affairs, quality, clinical, engineering, R&D, and other areas for medical device, digital health, diagnostics, and other organizations across the U.S. life sciences sector. Here's your host, Mitch Robbins. All right, we are back live and in living color. It's good to be back with you, LinkedIn. It's Mitch Robbins, Nick Swig, and Shannon Hayes coming to you from the MedTech Talent Lab podcast. If you're joining us for the first time here, thank you first and foremost for your time and uh, your attention. But we talk all things talent across the industry. And many would argue that if you check out previous episodes, we're up to almost 90, if you can believe it, guys. Most of the topics that we talk about are applicable regardless of the industry that you're in, right? We talk all things talent anywhere along the spectrum of your own personal career journey to hiring best-in-class teams and everything in between. You can check out all the episodes, wherever you consume your podcast content, just put in the med hyphen tech talent lab. And you'll find, like I said, almost 90 episodes. Guys, we've been off for a few weeks from the live shows. Good to have you back. How's everybody doing? Doing great. Excited to be here. Finally, we're back. Summer's up. I know. Well, I appreciate uh, you guys' participation with us here. Um, talking about the live show, you know, we're here 11 o'clock Pacific and 2 o'clock Eastern on, on Thursdays each week with a new talent topic. And um, today's going to be more of a personal show. I think we're all going to go around the, the horn and talk about some personal stories as it relates to layoffs. And we we're talking offline. You know, I think this theme of the recent rounds of layoffs is really, I can date it back to probably October, November of last year when we started to really start to see some of the stuff coming out more and more from organizations across the industry. Continues to this day, I'm crossing my fingers that maybe there's a turn happening. I feel a difference in September than I have all year as far as the volume of requests for help when it comes to hiring, more chatter about building organizations versus laying off. But yet, if you read uh, anything from the macro economy news, you see that it's still happening in droves. Right. And so today is all about making uh, lemonade out of lemons. If you have fallen victim uh, to recent layoffs or you know someone who has or maybe this has happened to you in the past or you're on the sidelines right now working through your day to day, but nervous is all heck because you see it happening all around you. We're going to talk today about, you know, what do you do with the situation to make it as bright as it possibly can be? As much as it sucks, what can you do to make it as bright as it possibly can be? And to do so, we're going to go around the, the horn, like I said, and share our own personal stories with layoffs and hope that you can glean something positive from it that you can implement in, in your own world. Before we jump into that stuff, guys, if you're with us live, put a comment down below if you would saying, you know, live. Uh, it helps not only for us to know who's here with us, but it also helps that good old uh, algorithm, be able to share this uh, content with more of your industry colleagues. Our hope is to spread this as wide and deep as possible to affect as many lives in a positive way as we can. So let's uh, let's move forward, guys. I'm going to start with, gosh, who was more recent, Nick or Shandon? What I can't remember. Who, who went through remember, a layoff more recently? I, I think technically Shandon was first. I mean, uh, more recent. Yeah. I think I went first and then Shannon was like weeks after me. Within weeks, I remember. Yeah. 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 So I'll let one of you guys just take the take the bull by the horns and, and maybe uh, start us off here because this was, we're talking within the last, has it been within this calendar year or within the last 
year and a half. In the or last so. twelve months. Yeah. Last twelve months. Okay. I think you were September last year, Nick, and I was October. Yeah, I think August twenty sixth was my official last date. So I'm just over a month now. But yeah, Shannon, kick, kick us off here. I'll, I'll kick us off. So yeah, I was actually I was laid off for the very first time October of last year, and you know there was. There were company restructures. You know, I'm used to being on the inside, right? I'm on the HR team. I'm I'm grabbing all the, you know, the conversations that I can with my business partner saying, hey, these this is the list of open racks. How can we redeploy people? Because whenever I'm feeling kind of helpless like that, I, I always like to try and do something, right? So being on the other end of that was it was hard and it ended up being such an incredible thing. But I think I tend to be a very human being at work and a human leader. And so like, I'll be honest with y'all, after I heard the news and, you know, you have the conversation and, you know, we we talked about like high level, like, okay, well, this is how we'll approach it with the team because I had a global team, right? I was like, great. I closed my laptop. And I'll be honest with y'all, I went into my kitchen and I cried. And I didn't go back to work for the rest of the day. So I think that for those of you that have been impacted by this, like, please just give yourself some time to process it and do what you can to not. I was just talking to a candidate the other day. They're like, yeah, it's just I was trying to figure out like why me versus somebody else. Like it just is. I do believe that everything happens for a reason. And that reason's always for your best interest. Yeah. Take that as you will. So, yeah, that was that was really, really hard. And it was hard to tell my team, both like my the team that I was leading and the team that I was a part of. Um, it was hard to tell my friends and family members here. I've been gainfully employed for since I was 14. I've been continuously employed. I've never had a break. So this was weird for me. I had a big trip planned, like all of this stuff going on. And suddenly I found myself without work. And it was confusing. I don't want to say necessarily it was hard. It's just really perplexing and confusing because here, like our work tends to be so much of our identity, right? And I'm like, well, now I'm now I'm not employed. <laughs> Why am I? You know, you go through these questions and I was so grateful to have people in my, you know, in my circle like Nick and like Mitch that I could call and be like, um, what do I do? Like, I don't have a job and I literally hire people for a living. So please know that even recruiters get um, mind boggled when this happens to us. And yeah, and it was tough because it was during the holiday season. So not a lot of roles being posted. And I think I got one interview in four months. And that was that ended up being where I'm I'm now consulting. But yeah, it was it was a lot. But I did take that time and really thought about what it was that I what it was that I enjoyed doing at work and what it was that I like I actually wanted to do. And then I spent time doing that as silly and as simple as that sounds. So, you know, I think that there is, there's all these things you, you can network, you can fill out the job description, you can job applications, you can customize your resume, you can do all that stuff and all that's great. And I think one of my biggest pieces of learning coming out of this is recognize that that's not the whole kit and caboodle in terms of this experience in this moment of time in your life. I just going to say one other thing and I totally lost my train of thought. Not a surprise. I've switched to half-calf coffee, so that's probably why. Well, I'll jump in here and, and comment on a few things. So you mentioned, thank you first and foremost for sharing because this yeah. is personal, like this happened to you. Yeah. Um, and it's a lot easier to talk about, you know, situations that are third party, let alone, you know, your actual personal endeavors and, and feelings. But you mentioned confused, scared. You know, it's a huge part of my identity. Yeah. I sat there and cried and I didn't go back to work the rest of the day. This is real stuff happening to people right now that are going through the exact same thing you just 
laid out. And yeah. people are scared not only about, you know, the immediate work situation, but wait a minute, I've got a family to support. I've only got a runway of cash that leads me to X. You're telling me you only got one interview in four months. What what are we going to do here? Right. So it's yeah, it's real stuff. But I also want to I'm the I want to comment on family, right? What? So, no. I'm the breadwinner for our household. So that financial piece was very real. Very, very real. So talk more about that because yeah. to sit on the sidelines for four months, how did you manage this mentally knowing the pressures that were on your shoulders? Yeah. So I, you know, I gave myself a couple of days to just digest it. I mean, thankfully, we are not in a situation where, you know, it was a dire paycheck to paycheck thing. So I had to let myself digest it. But then I really took a look at, you know, what my severance package was, you know, what our financial situation was. And and I'll be honest, y'all, I hate, hate math. I hate finances. I like to set it and forget it. So this was a huge lift for me personally. And then I looked at what the unemployment benefits are for me in my location. And then from there, I was able to kind of calculate a timeline like, okay, I can get rid of you know, it was great. I finally had time to like deal with the ridiculous fees that Comcast charges, right? Like, okay, let's get this under control. And so I think that taking a look at your personal finances and like, okay, well, I'm home now. I don't need to do this, this, and this because now I'm like, let's just say I, I'm home more. I can cook. I don't cook, but let's just say I did, right? And I could, I can pre-plan and I can save some more money that way. So by, by taking those steps, I had an idea of how long I could be on I could be unemployed. And then I think the other thing that I did that was really important was that I, for me at least, and this might may or may not be helpful to people, but I renamed and I and I reclassified that period of time in my life. So, you know, people hear, oh, you're laid off, you're unemployed. I said, no, I'm practicing retirement because for me, that helped me to have a positive mindset. But also like, when else am I going to have this? I've never taken that much time off in my life with like nothing to do. It was kind of great. I mean, I got bored, but I'm really glad to be working again. I got really bored. But so I, you know, looking at the finances and then looking at a way that I could reframe the situation. So I always will refer to that time as practice retirement because I think that that is a skill that I will need in the future. But those are those are two of the really important things that I did outside of the, oh, let's go find a job. And, you know, I've got to get back to work and this, that and the other. Nick, what's your story? Well, it starts with this show because as you may remember, Mitch, it was right around August 15th somewhere. We did a show that was called I've Been Laid Off, Now What? Right? And sure enough, one week later, uh, I find out I'm going to be needing that show. I'm glad you record them, right? But uh, the other challenges, and I, I think a lot of times people don't realize this, is when you work within HR, you're essentially responsible for laying yourself off, which is a very awkward experience. So um, that that was sort of the beginning stages. When we got to the point of actually being laid off or laying myself off, I went into full speed ahead because we did not get what's called outplacement services. So outplacement services when the company hires a coach to work with the people affected by a RIF to help them uh, improve their resume, uh, learn how to interview, et cetera, et cetera. We didn't get that because our RIF was a result of no money, right? It was, there, there was no money left. And so I became the outplacement services just because I had 20 years of experience reviewing resumes and 
being part of the interview process. And so my my emotional reaction was actually delayed quite a bit because I went full speed into a full-time job of really trying to help my peers land. I am also the breadwinner, but that's just for myself. I'm, I'm also a very frugal person usually. So I really didn't have any plans to work for the rest of the year. I figured I'd take the year off a couple of months. I've been working since I was 16. So that seemed like a better plan for me to finally get a break. I know myself well enough to know that I need structure. So I couldn't just say, hey, I'm on vacation for four months and it's going to be fun. I actually had a schedule. So I took one week off with no schedule and then immediately jumped into a pretty aggressive schedule where I had you know, gym time, I had creative time carved out so that I could you know, write or uh, read or draw those types of things. I had um, job search activities built into my schedule. I ended up getting back to work within three or four weeks, um, despite my desire not not to for the rest of the year. Really, the right opportunity just landed in my lap. It, it was fortuitous. I am still surprised at how affected I was emotionally when all the dust had settled. Once I'd really helped everybody get their resume together, helped them with you know interview training, those types of things, making introductions to my network, even took a new job, there was so much confidence that had been robbed uh, from me, right? Did I make the right decision the last time? Did I choose the right company? Why did I go to a company that you know was early stages, that didn't have money, that had a risky technology, that nothing, no products on the market? What made you decide that, right? And all these what ifs and how, how could you uh, do this go through your mind? Because hindsight's 2020. Uh, that that's the reality. And you start to beat yourself up. And I will be honest, even today, I would say that, you know, my my overall confidence is still lower than it was prior to that layoff, that there are components that linger with me all, all a year later. Right. But I think it was a really important piece to know myself, to know that I needed that structure, to build a schedule that um, really allowed me to do the things that I hadn't been able to do because work gets in the way of all the fun stuff in life. Right. So why not actually plan to do the fun stuff and, and then really to be able to use what I, I have, the experience I have to help others, which made me feel a lot better, you know, about the fact that I'd recruited most of those people, that was the other sort of challenge being in a recruiter seat is almost everyone that had been laid off had been recruited to the company by me. And in most cases, recruited from other stable companies, right? So I had all this, you know, guilt that I had really put about 80 people in a pretty difficult situation. It, it That still lingers with me to this day. And so, you know, these are kind of, kind of the things I thought about and went through. But, uh, you know, I am the kind of person, I'm an optimist through and through. I have gone through some pretty rough things times in my life and I handle it better than I think most. And I was surprised at how impactful being laid off really was. Um, even though I'd watched people over the course of my career, I talked to tens of thousands of people who had been in my shoes. It just, you can't really expect it until you're literally there in that moment. So there's ton that I want to unpack there. And one of the first things that comes to mind is when you were talking about the the reflection on, you know, was this the right setup? Was this the right technology? I forgot the words that you used, but in essence, a layoff, the parting of ways with an organization is can be compared to the ending of a relationship, right? And you, and in that moment when the relationship ends, obviously there's probably, I mean, depending on the circumstance, but usually there's some sort of grief. There's some sort of, 
you know, reflection point. And it's such a great opportunity to say, why did this go wrong? What was the, what was it about this that I really, 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 really loved? What was this about that I couldn't stand? What am I going to do differently the next time I look for another relationship? Exact same thing that Nick was saying about an organization. What was great about my set situation? Was I happy or was I content or was I just, you know, comfortable and this was my status quo? And now I'm forced to, to look myself in the mirror and say, hey, you know, is this a relief or is this truly a loss? And if it's a loss, okay, cool. What am I going to, what am I going to do similar moving forward? Right. Or if it was a relief in a way, what am I going to do differently? It's just a great inflection point right there It is to really kind of think that piece through. And I think to your point, Mitch, it can be both. It can be a relief and it can, you might have this, you know, you might go through those stages of, of grieving and of, just being sad and bummed out, dare I say mourning, but but it can be both. And I have and I've talked to people that's definitely like, yeah, I was really unhappy, but man, is it hard? Like I don't I don't know what I did because it's you know, an effective like they didn't pick you, right? Like to stay, to stay in the club, right? That's a human need to stay in the tribe. Yeah. So I'm gonna share mine, mine's nowhere near as uh quote unquote grandiose, I guess, as as your guys' situations, but before I get there, I want to talk about some th- some is I want to make this as real, like real world as possible versus, you know, theoretical, right? Because these are people's lives. Whoever's listening to this live or listening to it back is probably seeking some sort of comfort, right? In one way, shape or form, either now or they're looking out for themselves, their future selves in case this happens to them. I've heard so many stories recently of people who have been out on the streets looking for work that are starting to create these stories for themselves as to why they're not back to work. I'm too old. You know, I'm getting passed over because I'm having a hard time thinking of other reasons other than too old. I'm being ghosted. And do you get what are some other reasons you hear people saying that, you know, have been laid off for a while? Didn't get the right education, didn't study or do the right things career development wise. I should have gotten more certifications along the way. All I mean, I, having gone through that, right, all yes. of the things that, you know, you look back on every decision you've made going back to when you were 10 years old and you question everything. And that's a tough process to go through. And the reality is most of those decisions were not wrong decisions. In fact, I, I'd hazard to say there's really no such thing as right decisions or wrong decisions. Decisions, uh, but you can't help it when you're in that moment, right? Thank you. Wait, thank- so let me just finish my thought yeah, real quick. Ahead. So for whatever it is that you're telling yourself, you need to get out of your own funk, whatever it takes. And usually what it's going to take is some sort of accountability, some sort of accountability partner, some sort of cheer support group who's going to tell you that, well, you kind of got to where you are today based on the merits that you do have. So you're obviously doing something right, okay? That didn't just go away overnight because you lost a job. So what helped you be successful up until this point? Okay, you start, you got to start reframing a lot of this stuff. The other things I would look at is some of the tactical stuff. When I ask people who have been laid off for a while and sitting on the sidelines and frustrated out of their minds, hey, how many interviews have you gone on in the last month? One, two, okay, how many, how many conversations have you had? Zero, okay, how many applications have you sent in? Uh, Well, I think probably six. Well, no wonder you're sitting on the sidelines. Well, I kind of got burnt out because I sent in 55 applications. I heard nothing. Okay, let's change the tactics. Let's change the strategy. What can we do in addition to simply applying online and crossing your fingers and hoping that's going to lend itself to conversations, that's going to lend itself to productive networking opportunities, that's going to open doors for you? 
Okay. So I think it's super important that it's talking on both sides. On one hand, you want the time to reflect. You want the time to really get clear on, you know, where perhaps anything went wrong, if anything, and what you could change going forward to make a more positive impact on the career journey that you're trying to continue to, uh, to move forward on. But then get down to the brass tacks of what am I going to do to make it happen? right? That's where the rubber hits the road. It truly, truly does. Shannon, what were you going to say? Yeah, well, and I think it's, you're kind of talking about that, that mindset piece, like, oh, why did this happen to me from the professional standpoint? And then what I see more and more of it, and I just was looking at, you know, kind of a couple of posts earlier today is that that starts to spiral into all of the other things that are going wrong or could go wrong holistically in your life. So I think that really be there for a moment, but don't stay there. And look at the merits like, hey, you got to this place like from your accomplishments. Focus on what you're good at. Also, you know, be really curious because when you're looking for a job, there is a very good chance that your next company you've never even heard of. Small to mid-sized right. companies make up, I think, the majority of, you know, the job openings at, or I should say companies in the nation, in the world, right? Not everybody can be, you know, a Medtronic, an Amazon, a Google or whatever. So just be curious, like kind of, you know, hey, LinkedIn suggested that I connect with this person. Oh, you work at this company. I've never heard of that before. Or like, I'll see a job posting that comes up. I'm like, oh, that's really weird. They've got a cool logo. I wonder what they do. Let, allow yourself to fall down that that rabbit hole of curiosity, you know, because I think that that's important to keeping that positive mindset in that because it won't it won't be like this forever unless you choose to stay in this state forever, right? My story uh, is very ironic in a way because it was the fall of 2008. I was in a find myself period. I had just played professionally in a rock band in the Twin Cities for a long time and kept extending the deadline of when I was going to hang it up, so to speak, because we kept hitting more milestones that I didn't think we were going to hit. And I just kept extending my opportunity to quote unquote, make it big. And after that had happened, I was like, okay, what's the next chapter? And so I was applying to law school. And at the same time I was working, I ended up cold calling my way into an apprenticeship working for a commercial real estate appraiser because I also had an interest in real estate and I wasn't I wasn't sure I wanted to sell real estate, but I wanted to be part of the real estate industry. And while this was happening, I went into a staffing office who did a lot of contract staffing. And I was inquiring about getting a, a clerkship in a law office to see if this is what I really wanted to do. And when I was there, in the back of my mind, I had my mom saying, hey, I think you'd be a good recruiter. Well, I think my mom at the time was referring to being a campus recruiter, like the representative from the colleges that go to the career fairs and stuff. And I didn't know anything about recruiting other than my vision of what a recruiter was, which was the people you met on, on college campuses. And so I said to, to the woman who was helping me uh, in the agency, I said, what do you do for a living? I said, what, what is it that you do? And she explained it. And I kind of told her the story about my, what my mom said. And she's like, look, I think we actually might have an open position. Let me go check. She came back. She's like, we don't, but I, I'm happy to keep you in mind, whether it's, you know, we end up placing you in a law office on a contract or you end up working with us. So that was probably August of 2008. October, I get a call into the owner's office of the of the firm I was working for. He's like, it's like, it's really tough business right now. I hate to do this because you're you're helping us a lot, but I gotta let you go. And I wanna go back to what you guys said. It was like a it was like a, almost like a personal punch, like, oh, I'm not part of this crew anymore. Like there was maybe five of us in the office. And I remember walking out that day thinking, well, this sucks. They get to stay and I have to go. Like now I feel like an outsider, even though I didn't do anything wrong. Like it was a really, I understood the business case of why I couldn't work there anymore, but it really sucked like 
feeling like the outsider. What just so happens within my 48 hours of that happening, I got an email saying, are you still interested in working with us? We have an opening. And I went and talked to them. They had a researcher position where I basically I would be supporting recruiters doing the background research to help them tee up calls. And then a week later, when they realized this guy is making cold calls into these firms for us, and he's <laughs> he's recruiting these people, they're like, this guy might be a recruiter and not a researcher. And that's the hit. That's how I literally got into recruiting. So that's my only, I mean, knock on wood, that's my only experience with being laid off. But I know that feeling. It's like, oh, now what? Because I didn't know I was going to get that email two days later. I was thinking, are you kidding me? Like, I just put all this work into something. I was learning the trade and now I'm out on my feet. What am I going to do? So, and here we are today. Yeah. 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 All these years later. I'm so glad Mitch got laid off all, you know, all those years ago. You know, I I am. And I I think all three of us could probably say something similar that we're, we're happy that things ended up the way they did. I I still look, I pay a lot of attention to the, the company I got laid off from. I am super embarrassed to share this. They just got $100 million. And most of me is ecstatic for people living with type 1 diabetes, because I think, believe in the technology the company was working on. There's a lot of people that still work there that I I would say I care about, and I, I would say in some cases even love. But I also feel a little angry, right? They, they got yeah. all this money right after letting me go. And now they're celebrating this huge success. There's pictures of parties on LinkedIn. Everybody's going to the bar and having fun, and I'm not a part of it. And so it's an interesting experience to feel as much guilt as I feel for, for that emotion, right? And I know I shouldn't because it's it's just a human emotion, but that that sense of I wanted to be there. I wanted to be part of that and I didn't get to be, right? And but I I'm also very grateful because there are things I'm getting to do here in this role that I've never gotten to do in my lifetime. You know, as I was I was saying as we just got started up, I'm calculating um carbon footprint of commuting for employees. I mean, talk about the furthest thing from recruiting. So it's life will take you on the journey you need to be on, I think, most of the time. Yeah, for sure. And there's something to be said for hey things are meant to be or what's going to happen is going to happen. But there's also something to be said for making your own, for lack of a better term, your own shit happen too. Right. And I think it's a combination of, of being at peace. Like this happened. I'm going to take the time to reflect on this. I'm going to take as much from this experience as I possibly can, but then I'm going to pull up the bootstraps and really make something happen in the direction that I want it to happen. And I think we can all argue that in each of our own rights, that's happened because otherwise you wouldn't be doing what you're doing right now. So um, guys, good stuff. I am going to, uh, as always, ask if there's any questions from uh, the live listening audience that you want us to address. If you guys who are listening have any ideas on topics, we've recently put it out there online that we'd love your your insights. Um, as you can imagine, almost 90 episodes in talking about all things talent, sometimes the well runs a little bit dry uh, as far as uh, things that we may have not covered or maybe are right in front of our nose that we are, we're not seeing. So we'd love your insights. You can either put them in the comments, send us a DM, or reach out however it's convenient for you. But as always, guys, I appreciate both of you being here and, and sharing your own uh, personal stories today. Now tell Adam we miss him and he better be back next week. <laughs> I will let him know. Uh, there you have it. Adam Soppy, if you're listening, Nick Swig says, get your butt back here. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to the MedTech Talent Lab podcast. For more content-rich episodes, log on to theanthonymichaelgroup.com or subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform.